0: Another invigorating episode we have today. Hi. How you doing? Welcome to this community that we're trying to create. This new and glorious world where it looks like sports aren't going to be here for a while again. No, not (laughs) the news that we heard today. And I can't say that I'm mad or upset because safety matters. But God, the world needs two things right now. Sports and people with jobs. This is getting out of hand.
1: Sports and love—that's
0: what the world needs. Sports and love. But anyway, we're gonna keep giving y'all this great A-One content from One and Two Miles. That just means so much to the people. It it does. I I've, I've heard it. I, have you? You heard it? Yeah. I have. Yeah. What we want to get it kicked off with is Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell made a black, 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 blackly black statement. (laughs) Buddy. Buddy was on one. And it's almost like he looked as though a child that gets in trouble and has to apologize to another kid, Mm -hmm. but never really wants to. Mm -hmm. Because essentially him apologizing means that he was wrong. And it's funny that all the coaches are coming out now saying they should have done better and... That's all fine, well, uh, and dandy. After the fact. After the fact, right. Two things to, to go from this, and we'll go with the first one. With Roger Goodell making this statement. And the same thing that we've been discussing for a while. What has to change going forward in order for you to get your minority demographic back on track?
1: Everything. The players playing. Oh, majority African American. Ain't gonna say, I ain't Ooh. gonna say majority, but it's no, you right. It's a fine line between.
0: It's like sixty. Yeah, it's like sixty to 70
1: percent of the yeah. uh, of the players are African American, and almost what ninety five percent of the coaches, head coaches
0: in the league, Caucasian. You say ninety eight because it's only three. Yeah, that's what three African American. For minority with Ron Rivera,
1: yeah, we don't have any GM. We don't have any two. African. We don't have any African American GMs. Two, we do. Two, we have two African American GMs. Two out of thirty-two, and no owners. No owners.
0: No owners whatsoever. In People NFL,
1: did Diddy tried to make a go at that, but, eh, we saw what happened with that. They, they they turned that man around quickly, but you gotta adjust, man. You have to adjust and you have to adapt to what the times are. Uh, how the times are. Like, you just ain't, and I think that's why you get a lot of frustrated players right now because they hear a lot of coaches talking to them that's not the same color and and haven't been through that same kind of rough environment that they've been to, so they can't, they don't know what they're going through mentally. But all the coaches can do is say, hey, win, 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 do your job. If you don't do your job, then we'll find somebody to replace you, so I don't know, it's, it is what it is, man. But you have to. We have to start from the ground up, man.
0: So I think, I guess, just to piggyback off of what you're saying, like, yeah, players are frustrated. They're frustrated, uh, not necessarily because the environment, because you know that's what sports are. But it's the environment from the standpoint of you haven't really like heard what we have to say. Like you'll kind of shove it off and say in the moment, you know, like Black Lives Matter or. You know, we're we're down to support, um, and let's be clear, throwing money behind something doesn't mean you support mm-hmm. Dak Prescott. You have to actually invoke change. So one of the head coaches that really, I guess, we knew he stood behind this back when he was in college was Pete Carroll, yeah. just because of what he did with USC and in the L.A. community. Uh, I'm not sure what his impact is with Seattle's community, but yeah. at USC, he was like yeah. the Daddy Warbuck right. he <laughs> of, of of USC and, and their players. And so if, And if you don't know, Pete Carroll was in the hoods. Yeah, he was in the hoods. He was in the hoods. He was in the hoods. So the thing that Roger Goodell had to do, and it's simple, is because his legacy is tainted, not because he doesn't care. And we were talking about this on the weekend. I don't think it's because he doesn't care. Is because football, being the day set aside on Sunday, it rules your life. So owners have a lot more stake in football and a lot more control as far as what the nation looks like. So it reflects the nation. So owners have a lot more say-so. You know, people say, hey, Rogers getting paid by the owners, which is true, but it's, it's through the players, too, because revenue boosts off of them. If Roger wants his legacy to be considered at least average and not tainted, mm-hmm. or great, depending on how you look at it, he's got to stay on. He's got to stay on top of everything now after that statement he made. So the biggest thing Roger Goodell could do is to question owners because he's in that position to do it and question them. Why aren't you making these hires? Why did such and such get this job? And you know, really weed out the BS. It can't be the it can't be just their resume because right. this guy has a better resume. Right. It can't be just uh players relate better to them. No, this guy has been in the league more and was a player and blah, blah, blah. It can't just be, oh, well, they're the right fit. No, this guy makes more sense. You know, mm-hmm. so Roger Goodell is the one that can ask those questions. It players can make a fuss, but players don't have the power that they think they do when it comes to those decisions. Yeah. it's not like NBA where like LeBron really changed the foothold of what a player really has and how much control they have over their destiny. You know, after certain contract things go, on, especially when you're a superstar. Yeah, it's, it's so much. It's so much stuff. Uh,
1: so much politics into all of it that, that you have to that you have to kind of weed out. Like you said, you got to weed out uh, who the position that the People can be in, so I don't know. It's it's a crazy line. Like it's it's crazy that we still going through this right now. So I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll see something. Hopefully in the future that can kind of change the climate of the NFL of where the culture is going to be at of African American people uh, to diversify everything. But until then.
0: Need to make that change. I mean, that's a that's the, that's the thing though. Like, you know, it's it's owners who it it comes down to like GMs and stuff, but it's owners who can have a say. So like biggest owner that you know that's always visible is Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. And if a person like Jerry Jones says, Hey, instead of hiring uh big boy, I forgot his name, I could care less. He the Green Bay coach, I forgot his name. Oh, McCartney, Mike, yeah. yeah. Mike McCartney. If he would have been like hire Marvin Lewis, former Cincinnati coach, which by all intents and purposes had a winning record, he just never yeah, won in the playoffs. the playoffs. He deserves a job, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Todd Bowles got dealt a raw deal in, with the with New York the Jets. Jets. Yeah. Byron Leftwich is a coordinator down in Tampa Bay. He should definitely have a job. Byron was relatively good and kept Jacksonville afloat. Uh, you know, versus what we see nowadays, he made that offense prolific. Uh, it's, it's a lot of people that got a stake and, and a foothold, and we won't even get on the GM side because that's more of you're running my team for me type thing. But it's plenty of qualified people, men and women of color, who have a way better resume, way better drive, way better initiatives, ideas, whatever it may be. And it comes down to people who are. <laughs> Anglo-Saxon, as I heard yesterday, mm-hmm. who are able to make those questions, those tough decisions, and they gotta be confronted. Like, that's the whole thing really with the world we see today. Holding people to a high standard and actually, like, putting putting your knee on their neck for all intents and purposes. Because if it's been wrong, and the Rooney rule, we, we talked about that, like, it's debatable of its effect. Right. Because it still is... It still ain't working. Yeah, it's not working. So... You know, they do have that in place, like you said. Right. But it comes down to Roger are really being of equal to the owners. Really a higher authority, but they would think that, you know. Yeah. But he's really equal, really above, to say, yo, why? It's okay. We're not telling you, like, you got to have all-black staff. we saying, why aren't you even interviewing? And well, now that, you know, they thought they were slick, they say, well, we interviewing them now, but we still want who we want with. Okay, but why'd you go with... Well, make you go with you this know, person instead of the person, like especially if
1: they ain't got no experience at the head coaching level,
0: like coordinate level, all that. Like, I'm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the the guy that got hired, what well, where he went, New, was it New York Giants or Jets? The, the, the special Giants. team, yeah. The Him getting hired over Eric Benjamin. and I'm sorry, that's just the top one that you've seen. Considering what Kansas City's looked like over the past few years, how is he not a coach somewhere? And I don't a head like, coach. I'm sorry. And the guy that the offensive coordinator
1: for the New England Patriots that build on the coach, uh, McDaniels, him, Josh McDaniels, Josh McDaniels. I don't want. He better not get when all when the Patriots go down or whatever, and Bill go on and he wants to be a coach. He should not even get a thought about getting either getting an interview, and getting the head coach a job. Specifically, after what he did to the coach. but he he forever is
0: always in the conversation though.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It don't make no sense. Like,
0: but that's he, what that's, you you don't want it, and you really you're terrible at it. Let's right. be honest. You suck at being a head coach. You're better at being a coordinator for somebody. That's why I got. That's why I give props to the guy that uh, that's in Detroit right now. They head
1: coach Matt Patricia. Yeah, Matt Patricia. Patricia. Patricia, yeah, yeah. He came from New England. I mean, he ain't done nothing while he was in Detroit, but at least he went out there on his own and tried it. So, I mean, McDaniel
0: McDaniels had tried it, but he, he failed at it before. And then the uh, Indianapolis position for be his second time in it, yeah. And he just didn't do it. But the second question, so we can get to, to uh, yours too your uh, your uh, topic that you had brought to the table should Cap be back in the league now that everything's like being brought to the light? Now he should be, but he should be when only if he can
1: still play. That That's the thing that everybody's missing when they talk about Cap. Because it's four it, years removed. Yeah, it's four years removed. If he if he can go in a training camp, if he can get a training camp invite, and he do good in training camp, and preseason he do his thing, and he show up, then, of course, he should be on the team. But we ain't seen, we ain't seen Cap play since 2016. So I don't know if his ability is still there. He, I'm pretty sure he still can run, he still can throw. But I just don't, think he's gonna be that i don't know he he still should be capable of being at least maybe a third string quarterback or a backup quarterback
0: i mean I, I feel like he need to he should be in the league i'm i'm with you when they when they should you know evaluate him mm-hmm. and say hey you should you know we should see if you're gonna be able to play right. but at the end of the day like homie need to be in the league right. if not just to be the face like of whatever. Mm-hmm. And now it's like whoever if somebody does take a chance on him, y'all are trying to look like the good guys at this whole situation to be honest. Right. Like you like you said, he gonna be a second or third street. He's gonna be he ain't gonna be ain't a real player. Right. Yeah. So regularly. it's like y'all gonna have him as as the face and you know, we the ones that took a chance on him after all this, like right. uh Davalde, he might as well go back to the 49ers. <sighs> might as well
1: As well. yeah, might as well but i don't know but on, on another on another note and it's a two-part thing for us but last week i was going out and so i read this story about this high school kid out in california big shots out to california by the name of mikey williams a sophomore right now he said a statement that caught my and something that we all we've always talked about he said uh he's He's, he's considering going to HBCU. So as I was reading it, I was just saying to myself, "I'm like, man, he a sophomore, and he already thinking he already got the right the right mindset to say, hey, if I if if nobody's going to invest in a in a black community, I might as well go and invest. In if you know, if I want to get, if they want to pay me money or whatever, or if I want to make a Money off my name. Why not do it in the black community, and why not do it at, at an HBCU? So, of course, all the swag teams offer him a scholarship. Um, he said he don't know where he's gonna go. He's still young. Of course, I, I wouldn't let. I wouldn't say he would commit right now, right off the bat. But it's just the fear. Of, it's just the fact that he said that statement and the reason why he said that statement of why he do want to go to HBCU, and I gotta admire him. I got admire. Him. I lo- I like it. I like the reason behind it, and like I said, the the main thing, his parents or I'm sorry, his mom instilled it in him. Like these HBCUs, they need to get love too, and like yeah, had said if you want to, if anybody should profit off of his name, it should be HBCU in the black community. So, big shouts out to Mikey Williams. What what your what your Opinion on all of this?
0: Well, I like I like the I like the thought process. Uh, I'm for any any uh, young African American man or woman uh, exploring the HBCU. I mean, anybody can explore, but it means something different to us because we weren't allowed back in the day, and we had to create our institutions and things like that. Uh, and it just it's a different sense of pride mm-hmm. that you have. So I really, you know, I like I like that he has that mindset. He's still young, so hopefully he keeps it mm-hmm. and doesn't get, like, perturbed. But, of course, we were talking earlier today with certain people who didn't attend HBCUs. Carmelo Anthony. Jamel Hill. Uh, quite a few people, and they say, and they support, you know, HBCUs. Yeah. But my whole thing is, don't sit up here and say, well, yes, You know, we should be directing our kids to HBCUs, historical black colleges and universities. And you didn't even attend it. Carmella went to Syracuse. Jamel Hill went to Michigan State. Like, y'all didn't even go. Y'all went to the biggest of the biggest schools.
1: And and y'all won't. uh, And that's that's why I'm saying. Like, you can't say you want kids to go to an HBCU. And when we don't even know if you were even considering at the last time I checked, I don't if, think Carmelo was at all. Yeah, if you if you look if you looked at Carmelo when he was in high school, all the the stuff, uh, all the schools that wanted him, and I'm pretty sure when it came down to his top ten or his top five, it was it was not an HBCU. So when they said that, I'm like, I'm telling myself, I'm like, why would y'all out of all people, Stephen A. is the only one. He went to Winston
0: Salem.
1: Yeah, he went to Winston Salem. He's the only one that can say. Alright, you if you go to H B C U, then this, you can have this effect on people. You can work here, you can do this, you can do that. So when when Carmelo and when Carmelo said, I'm like, man, you weren't even considering it. And you want somebody to say you want them to consider going to HBCU, well you can't
0: you can't say one thing and go to another, so Well, I just I, my whole thing is like you pushing, now you want to push this initiative, but why didn't you do it? Right. You know, Carmelo, I'm pretty sure, good as you were, yeah, you wouldn't went to the big dance. Or you may have went to the big dance. What you you could have been like a John Morant and, and, you know, at least push your team to the, the 32, around the 32. You could have did anything, but- if you good enough, they'll find you. Scottie Pippen, you know, was one that went. He it wasn't HBCU, he just went to a the small, small school, school. Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman, Doug Williams, uh, Shannon Sharp went to historical black college. And it's like, I love I love that they saying it. It's just like, it's like the pot calling the kettle black though, because you didn't go. I don't know if you considered it, and that's between you and whoever was around you at that time, but you didn't even go. Now you pushing kids to do it. And it's like you but can't. your but your but your experience doesn't come from it though.
1: Yeah, you can't you can't expect the kids to follow what you say when you ain't even considered doing it on your own in the first place. And the the reason, like I said, why I like Mikey Mikey Williams saying that is because he's not being a follower; he's being a leader, trying to get the next generation to do it. Uh, the guy that the kid that said uh, that got a scholarship that committed to Arizona State University by the name of Josh Josh Christopher. From California, he had a visit and played ball in Howard in DC. Uh, how how it was his top five. Unfortunately, he didn't go there, but he actually considered you
0: know enrolling there. So yeah, but it go it, it go deeper than just you yeah. know the kids doing it because at the end of the day, it's like what are the parents or parents? Yeah, you know, because a lot of them growing grow up a single parent. So what is the parent or the parents instilling in the kids mm. like? It's okay for you to go to another university uh, that's more prestigious or whatever, but do you even know why right. you can afford to go now? Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't allow Look at you the back then. Right. And to be honest, the only reason why African-Americans are allowed at big, prestigious, uh, predominantly white institutions, PWIs, is because of sports. Right, Alabama, USC... They played, you know, Gremlin was a big uh, influence on that. And other uh, HBCUs, especially when it came to football, Mm -hmm. those were big influences on why? Morgan State. Like, it's a lot of them they had. Like, they saw the talent. They said, we're behind. We got to segregate. I mean, we got to desegregate. Right. Because it's like, we got to sit up here and let it it flow. Because we're losing out on what it could be. So now you start, okay, I'm going to bring... these black guys here now or some black women here. And, like, then you start to say, oh, well, you weren't really, like, dumb as we thought or whatever. Now my talent is allowing me to open up doors, whatever. And that's cool. I, I appreciate that. But when we weren't allowed, we had to go to our own. Mm-hmm. And our own was great enough, and we produced good, great enough. Right. Like, people, I, I love it because people always sit there and say, well, grandma's a party school. First of all, we're not big enough to sit there and have that much of an effect because... LSU, Louisiana State University, a way bigger college, got way more stuff going on than we do. We're a party school because we a bunch of black people together. Is that what it is? You know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a lot of misconceptions about it. Like the whole thing that anybody that I know that went to our school, we just only talk about ours, it's a pride you have in it. Even when we see other people now that's alumnus from SWAC schools, we like, yo. Y'all still suck y'all number 2 but hey yeah, respect y'all hey, cuz want it's, it's HBCU love out here all day you know yeah. it's just it's just one of them things so you know appreciate him for, for shedding same, that light right. hopefully, hopefully he he stick to it when he turns in this time and look forward to seeing him whoever he playing for right whoever whoever yeah whoever it is regardless he just even put the statement out there <laughs> So Daryl Morey made a statement. I don't know if you saw it. Said he felt like he let James Harden down during like the title runs, you know, versus Warriors versus whoever. Right. I agree. He did. I I agree to a certain extent, uh, and only is why only is why I say a certain extent because yeah, he the GM and stuff like that, and to 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 my thinking, he did what he needed to do as far as getting the players there. The only place he really failed is at the head coaching position,
1: and and go to state.
0: Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like, (laughs) if you got different, if you have a different head coach with maybe like a different mentality, Mm -hmm. like those pieces that you have, I think it Clint Capella's a dog. Yeah, he is, and and that completed what James Harden had, and you had Chris Paul, probably the most underrated point guard when it comes to what point guards look like. Because they don't look at him as a scorer, they just look at him as a facilitator and a gritty defensive player. But Chris Paul added to the Houston Rockets too, and that was their big three. That was that was a fantastic trio. Right. I think a different coach would have did something else because James's talent is definitely shooting the ball. But you would have had a different mindset, like, okay, bro, like James Harden reminds me of early years of Michael Jordan since everybody seen the Last Dance, and it's like, yo, yeah, bro, you scoring all these points, that's great. We're not winning when it, when it matters the most. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's something going on where we're not winning that much. Like, we're not winning when it counts. So, yeah, Daryl got a, a, a piece of that. But I think it's truly his detriment is, like, his head coaching higher or okay. hires. <laughs> I,
1: can, I, I can see that. I can see that. I still – it is a two-way street when you do think about it because Houston did and still does have talent on that roster. How far they'll go this this year? I'm not I'm not too sure, but uh, I'm not I can't I can't say it's all I can say it's halfway because the players still got to go out there and perform. Unfortunately, the players that he played against he played against four All Stars with the with the Golden State Warriors, so nobody really was beating them and he really didn't have that, that option besides himself that can just go out there and get a bucket. Of course, everybody can get get a bucket, but them missing 27 three-point shots in a row didn't help a lot. So I, I, say, it's a, I say it's a two-way street. And then, and then if you ask any of the players, they'll say, I'm pretty sure they'll say to themselves, like, that one time the uh, before Golden State won their second championship, they will tell you that they should have won that game.
0: I mean, yeah. In Game Seven, I'm sorry. Yeah, but at the same time, like we said it, and I know you was like on it, like nah, he he could do it one day, but just the way, cause if we gonna if we gonna say like you know he did his his due diligence as far as a player, like if it if it goes on him when it's good, it goes on him when it's bad. I'm talking right. about James, right. so it's like, bro, yeah, you can go score fifty or sixty, that's great, but if the rest of your team only got a ten piece for the rest of them, <laughs> then. We mm-hmm. just got to sit up there and make sure as a team we outscore you, which, you know, usually happens. Right. And, like, the the detriment to them is that not just when they lost to Golden State, but, like, when they bailed out on San Antonio that year. Yeah. And then Pointlet Trailblazers got them one year. So it's like – because, yeah. you know, Daryl been there for that whole time, oh, like yeah. 10 plus years. Yeah. So it's like I think they had the players. Like, uh, we know Golden State was the most talented team. But I think they had the players – I just think they need a different strategy at times. Like, the thing that worked out for Michael Jordan during the six titles that they won was that Michael understood that I don't have to be the numero uno scorer all game, every game. Just when it counts. Just when it counts. Mm. And, you know, bar none, top three scorer in the league, James. Mm. Uh, top five for sure, because, you know, depending on, like, big man you are talking about, like, LeBron and Giannis. Yeah. But he definitely top five for yeah. sure. yeah. And he can get his shot off and he gonna make it. He done wet it in too many people's faces. But at the same time, it's like he falls into that category where Dames it, where it's like bar none, you one of the best players in the league. Circumstances suck for you though. Right. Like Yeah. Yeah, exactly. circumstances yeah. suck. Like uh injury always happens to Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh James and, and the Rockets. Fall victim early, or it's like and when it, it falls apart, it just falls. falls apart,
1: and it's crazy. Yeah, they'll work. They'll work hard. Get maybe fifty plus wins or sixty plus wins. And you in the top seed. And, and you, in the, you in the top seed. Top top three at least. Top top three seed. Mm-hmm. One and two, three. And then they'll go through the first round, do what they gotta do. Go through the uh do go through the second round, do what they gotta do. And then the third round, you like you got got face Golden State and Boom, they they get you. Due to unfor- unfortunate circumstances with Chris Paul and you know y'all missing all them three pointers in a row, this, that was wild. But I don't know. I, I I can see I I can see it's a both it's a two faced coin.
0: Oh yeah, I mean it's definitely it's definitely mm-hmm. double sided. Uh, I guess the last one you want to talk about, Reggie. Yeah. So Reggie Bush vacated had to vacate his Heisman because of circumstances, I guess unknown. And as of last week, USC decided to take him back. Because USC basically like, no, we done with you too because you embarrassed us. So USC decided to take him back. You know, the Heisman's coming back and all that. And I just want to know, what you think about all that?
1: Once a snake, always a snake. I ain't going back. If you... If that well, now I ain't gonna say if that has me because I won and deserved it back. But yeah, if, I never would have gave yeah, it back. Yeah, when when it when it came down to it, y'all didn't have my back like I had y'all back. When everybody started talking, y'all just started talking. Y'all started saying this, that, and the third, and y'all just let me go on by my merry way. Y'all forgot all about me. All forgot forgot what I did. Forgot what I did for y'all. Forgot all them championships I helped win for y'all. Forgot I was the face of the whole program at USC. And y'all gonna do me like that? Man, nah, no. y'all can kick rocks. We ain't got nothing to talk about. Just give my just give my hazard trophy back. That's it.
0: I think it's an indictment to USC for sure. I'm I'm with you on that front. And then I just I guess I wanna explore like what's going through his mind. Like, I'm I'm with you, cause we both said I never would have gave that hazard back. Mm. It's gotta be, you're gonna pry it out my cold dead hands. But I look at it and I'm like, why would you? And he said he never like stopped affiliating with USC to school, but he stopped messing with the football program because he had to. Right. And I guess now he's saying he's like excited to like get back actively involved in it. And I'm just looking like, but why? Like they left you. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you did this, and it wasn't like you was alone in it. The university contributed to it too, either by knowing it or actually like doing it. Right. So they was like, Oh, boom, you done. We can't associate with you no more. It's like, but y'all were the person of the people handing it to me. Y'all knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I knew what I was doing. Y'all y'all selling me, y'all trying yeah. to help y'all sell. Yeah, so y'all sold me, y'all said I was this type of person, all that, and I just look at him, I'm like, you a better man than me. Way better.
1: Because I'm you petty. That. Yeah, I wouldn't get you that trophy
0: back. I'm, I'm petty. I, I, you ain't getting this trophy back.
1: After all them records I broke and I went out there and I sweated, blood, sweat, and tears out there, you ain't getting nothing back from me.
0: Yeah, I'm petty enough to be like, I'll come back and it'll be just so I give my like, a famous, not even angry type speech, like a petty, petty, petty speech. I'm walk trying.
1: off with my trophy. I'm calling out everybody. Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying. And then walk off with my trophy. Like, y'all never had to see me again. Like, a day that did that back then... When it's all settled out and it will, don't come to me no more. Right. I don't ever have to give a dime. And I'd be like, I wanted to go to UCLA anyway. <laughs> but USC was a thing popping right then and there. Right. <laughs> UCLA got more treasure history. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't want to play against them. No, nah, man. <laughs> so you I got...
1: just, I think it's crazy though. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, man, I was, I'm not associating myself with a bunch of snakes, dog. No, nah, man. Y'all sold me out the river. Yeah. And they did, and what did I? What did I do? I ain't even call. I ain't even disrupt nothing. I went in. I went in school. I went around doing nothing. I was supposed to. I was good, quiet, did what I was supposed to, and got back to school or whatever. But man, y'all, y'all just did me wrong. They did them wrong.
0: After like the greatest national championship game ever, pretty much. That's the greatest national championship game ever. USC Longhorn, Texas. Texas, back when. In- Vince, uh, Vince Young was like leading the first yep. uh, it's no way no way I don't, I'm sorry it's just some things you just gotta give you gotta mm. give a pass to and that's gotta be one that of them got, that, that is one of them that was that was the one of the most iconic seasons in college football history and that game just emulated Yes, that game was if you were alive during that time I don't think I remember a dry soul who did not know. We, that next day we went to school, it was insane. Yeah. That game was insane. Like, you watched it for the whole 60 minutes, entertaining. That game was insane. And to see that it ended like that for him, what happened to Matt Liner? You, Matt, Matt Liner did nothing. Nobody else on that team did yeah, nothing. Not that I can remember. And he was a fall guy. And... You should have been kissing the ground he walked on, like. And then I say this so you can get your ears off, uh, Chris Webber. No matter what people feel about Chris Webber, I will always respect that man. <laughs> He's still ten toes down right, on to it, on his day. belief. I day. ain't do it. Y'all want to ban me? So be it. And and Michigan's made the statement. He's like, we'll take him back. He just has to admit what he did. No, Chris, like, forget you, like. I made Michigan. Chris,
1: Chris, Chris got I, the right idea.
0: Yeah, I made Michigan yeah, yeah. without without me being a part of the Fab Five and the Fab Five being a part of Michigan because it hemmed on them going together mm-hmm. to the same place. Michigan is nothing. They don't go
1: to new. They don't go to. Two national championships without
0: them. You don't go overseas don't go to overseas. play ball, right. to to expose the world to American basketball, to let them know that this is ingrained in teenagers mm-hmm. that are going to be potential stars in the league. Now Chris Webber got man, Shout out to Chris Webber. Get that man his flowers while he alive. Chris Webber's goat. What's up? In college. I don't know about pros. In college, though, for sure. Yeah, Chris got the right idea, man. Like y'all he, come
1: he, back, he to he gonna stand, he gonna stand on that, he gonna stand on that. And still so I'm ain't not, been back. Yeah, I'm not, so I'm not mad at that. I'm still not ain't mad. been back.
0: Definitely not mad at that man for that. So, I got my picks. So who you got? So I got J. Cole, love yours, yours. is say on there, but I'm gonna say yours, and. K.R., Just Like That. That's been one of my favorite songs. Mm. Just cause. Well, this one, uh, Outcast,
1: The Art of Storytelling, part one, featuring Slick Rick. And another one by Amber Mark called Lose My Cool. So those my top
0: two picks. Go check them out. Per usual, make sure y'all... Subscribe via Spotify and rate and review us via Apple Podcasts. That's B, I'm sorry, The Bottom Line Sports Talk. The Bottom Line Sports Talk. Social media.
1: Social media, BS Sports Talk 51 on
0: Instagram and Twitter.
1: Y'all hit us up. We're going to be putting out some more content for y'all. If you do see the tweets, holla at us. Let us know what you think. We like controversy. We like to argue. We like to debate. We like to do all that good stuff. So if you see something that you don't agree with, let us know. And we'll tell you our opinions, you tell us yours. And the world still will revolve round and round and round and round. Tevin Campbell, no. 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 I tried. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. See y'all on the next episode.